the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. I think everybody, if given the opportunity, would want to grow in wisdom. We all want to be wise. I don't think any of us would want to be unwise. And in the Bible, there is a way that we can learn and grow and become more wise. God's given us the book of wisdom, commonly known as Proverbs, and that's where we are in today's edition of Exploring the Word. We're in Proverbs chapter 2. Bert, uh, I know yesterday we began this brand new study, so people that may just be tuning in, they've they've not missed too, too much, but uh, the book of Proverbs, I've read it many times, and each time I just appreciate it all the more. I'm in with you. And by the way, if you did miss it, you can go to our podcast, AFR.net. Look on the podcast. Look at Exploring the Word uh, this past Monday, and you can hear the whole one. While we're there, what we do in the last segment is take phone calls. Most of the time, they're Bible questions that we love to answer. Not so people would know more about the Bible. That's good, but so they'll know more about the God of the Bible. But sometimes we'll get prayer requests. Yesterday, we got such a one from Isaac, and if Isaac, you're listening, I just want to tell you, we've had a great response from people saying they're praying for you. I want to read one. Alex, it won't take me a minute. Uh, he said, this is this is Tom, and he's from Texas. He said, I was crying listening to you because he knew how I felt. His heart was breaking. Tell my friend Isaac that I was a six-time deployed Marine with God, and have overcome PTSD, and he said, remind him, I'm praying for him. We got some more like that. So praise God for this Bible study. We pray for one another. Uh, We we share with one another, and what a joy to be a part of it. And let me just share with you, that is connected to the book of Proverbs, because what you see, Alex, in chapter 2, chapter 3, and then chapter 4, notice how it starts off, my son, my son, and then in chapter 4, it's my children. So that's this is the wisdom. Wisdom comes from God, but it needs to be passed on from generation to generation, doesn't it? Well, it does. And, you know, um, the Bible says so much about the family of believers. Uh, we talk about the church. We talk about the body of Christ. But the family of believers. And, uh, you know, when it says in Matthew eighteen twenty, wherever two or more or gathered in his name, that he's in the midst. And, you know, the Bible also says that as iron sharpens iron, so a man is sharpened by the countenance of his friends. Whenever we hear about, you know, people the exploring the word listeners, they really rise to the challenge and they say they pray. I mean, somebody will call in with a with a an urgent circumstance and we get many, many emails and Facebook posts and people say, I'm praying, I heard that caller Bert, isn't it a blessing to be a part of this family of fellow disciples, fellow uh, sojourners, and we can lift each other up? And I just, the the community that is the body of Christ, and really the community that's exploring the Word, I just think it's very, very encouraging. It really is. We just want to give a shout out to Brent and, and to Richard and to Robert, these guys that are behind the scenes that do this work uh, I just want to tell you, they pray for you. They, we are, uh, it's not just something that we do on the air for an hour. Uh, we we take it, and we are serious about it. So we're also serious about Bible study, that the Word of God would get into our hearts, and it would equip us to live a life. Matter of fact, that's what Proverbs chapter 2 is all about. Matter of fact, in Proverbs 2, I counted this. The word way or ways, path or paths, is used nine times in 22 verses. Uh, which way are you going to go? Which path are you going to take? So, Alex, in verses 1 through 9, it admonishes us to go God's way. In verses 10 through 20, uh, 19, rather, it's admonishing us don't go the way of the wicked. And then in verse 20 and 22, it gives the results of taking the right way. That's that's awesome, and today we want folks to take the way, and it leads to Christ, doesn't it? 
Well, it does. And, you know, we can always remember that paths lead somewhere, don't they? <laughs> they do. <laughs> yeah. uh, Listen, uh, take note of what road you're on because uh, destinations have a place that you arrive at. And um, so, you know, the path of wisdom, the path of righteousness, and the destination is the presence of, of God in heaven forever. You know, I, I just love the way this is um, written. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so thou shalt incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and lift up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver. Isn't that something um, silver or hidden treasure? I mean, inclining our ear. Yesterday we talked about how in uh, Proverbs chapter 1 it talks about wisdom cries out in the streets. And the beautiful thing about it, for any that want truth, and Bert, uh, let's use some words here. It's not just information, but it's truth. Amen. And it's not just intellect, but it's wisdom. Um, it's been said that truth is that which corresponds to reality. Truth is the way things really are. There's a lot of... Uh, a lot of noise in the world today that's just flat-out false. And, and wisdom, it's been said, is seeing life from God's perspective. We need that. I mean, I think, Bert, you look at our, our nation and our culture, and uh, we're seeing the fruit of living life counter to God's perspective. Uh, we need to find the pathway back. We do. And Alex, notice what verse 2 how it starts off incline your ear to wisdom what and who are you listening to what are you listening that's why american family radio has news at the top of the hour we do our best that news department i'm they just up the hall from me they work diligently to give you the news that will help you to understand and they broadcast from a biblical worldview we have the programming all day here on afr so that you can incline your ear to truth and wisdom. And so, Alex, that's a ministry that we have to equip the saints. And, and that's why we do here on Exploring the Word. We're equipping the saints and reaching the lost that we might be able to know truth and walk in wisdom. So let me just suggest you incline your ear to wisdom. That, that got my word. In other words, lean in. Lean in Amen. and listen closely. That, yes, isn't that isn't that the perspective that the that the Solomon is given here? Exactly. Uh, nowadays, people they'll often say, "Let's lean into it," but yeah. that's just a great word picture that you know we're taking it very seriously. All right, I love this um, verse five. It says, "Then thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God." Bert. Uh, you you and I, either one, could probably preach a whole series on verse 5 of Proverbs <laughs> chapter 2. The, the fear, the reverence, the acknowledgement of God in our life um, to humbly acknowledge every day, Lord, we need you. But then the knowledge of God, was it um, A.W. Tozer, T-O-Z-E-R, that wrote that very famous book, Knowledge of the Holy? Yes, it is. Yes. That's classic, isn't it? It it is. And notice this verse 5 and 6, and Alex did a great job of saying that, but you can't help but say, oh, that's Old Testament. Remember James 1, 5, if any man lack wisdom, let me see, who do you go to? I'm just setting you up, Alex. I think you'll get this answer. (laughs) For verse (laughs) 6. Yeah. Who do you go to? You go to God, don't you? I mean, that is where true wisdom is found. You're not going to find it. In every way, it's good to get an education. I know that. Do you know why the founding fathers, more than anything else, wanted to start public education? Now, church education had been around a long time. Home education had been around a long time. But they wanted to start public education in that day so that people could know and read the Constitution, so they could read the Word of God, and because our founding was based upon those and so, yes. and, and they were wanting the students to get wisdom. And, and let me just, all of those that are in schools that are private schools and those that are in Christian schools and homeschooling, your whole idea is to get wisdom. And I know some friends of mine, they're in the public school. And 
I'm not going to call names. They're kind of doing undercover work here. <laughs> They're God's secret agents in those areas. And I praise God for the Christians that are there that are sharing truth. And uh, I, I pray that, that that brings wisdom and the fear of God, doesn't it? Oh, well, yes. And by the way, let me just um, di- divert here for a minute. You were talking about um, schools originally were created to teach people to read. Uh, folks, for 2,000 years, the church has been the champion of literacy. Now, in Massachusetts in 1647, there was a law, and my, my dear friend David Barton, I've heard him teach on this, but it was called the Old Deluder yep. Satan Law. Do you <laughs> remember that Yes, word? I do, yes. And, and what it said was every community of 50 people had to have a school because the law says this, and again, Massachusetts— it wouldn't be this way today up there, sadly. But it says, it is the chief project of that old deluder, Satan, to keep men from the knowledge of the Scriptures. Mm-hmm. And and it says that um, in this commonwealth that any town of 50 or more people must have a school uh, so that people would know the Lord and have Jesus Christ, who they will find, in the scriptures. So, you know, Bert, um, here in North Carolina, the, all the schools that became the North Carolina public school system around 125 years ago um, were schools that had been started by churches. And that's a subject that I've, because uh, I love my home state of North Carolina, but I've, I've done a, right much research on that. And Bert, it's just a tragic irony that people are living without truth and without wisdom, but the classroom that was originally initiated by the church to teach the knowledge of God, because verse 6 of Proverbs 2 says, For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Bert, isn't it a tragic irony that so much of public education now is very much anti-God, anti-truth, when it was the church that birthed education in this continent on this continent anyway. The enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy. That's one of the things he has stolen, and we need to do our best to stand strong. Real quickly, before we got a break, about 30 seconds, listen to verse 7. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. There's the word. You walk on the path that God has given you in truth and wisdom. And I just want to tell you, he will guard the paths of justice, verse 8. When you read verses 7 and 8, you see what God does for those who follow him. This is Burton and Alex, and we'll be back with more right after this break. This is Pause to Pray. A chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Vice President Kamala Harris. As vice president, she is first in the presidential line of succession and is also president of the United States Senate. Matthew 23:11 reminds us of the importance of serving others. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Right now with this in mind, would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we ask for guidance for Vice President Kamala Harris as she serves the president and her country. We ask this in Jesus' glorious name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. There's a second epidemic on the loose these days and is spreading much faster than COVID 19. Dr. Tony Evans says it's fear. Fortunately, there's a treatment. And we'll find out what it is as we spend two minutes with Tony. Can I challenge you today? In light of all that's been going on, I want to challenge us to put our faith over our fears. Sometimes you can't control fear because it just comes on you and it's just all up in your grill. I mean, it's just all over you because the circumstances make you afraid. But my challenge today is to place faith over your fears. When we were in school, the teacher would give you a test. Sometimes it would be a pop quiz. Sometimes it would be a major midterm or final exam. 
The test was always designed to see whether you had learned what was taught. Throughout Jesus' walk with his disciples, he would give them test. And what he would be testing is their faith. If you're in the will of God right now, you're serving the Lord, you're obeying God, but you're still housed up with this virus, you still got your economic concerns, it feels like God doesn't care, given what's going on around you. God wants his people to appeal to his word in the midst of their storm because the storms of life are tests and tests are always designed to show us the level of our faith and to develop us to the next level of spiritual maturity. God wants to grow us through a storm. Learn more about how praise can boost your immunity to worry. Check out Tony's CD series, Clarity in a Crisis. Available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fire. We've all run the things we know. Stay right there's a better life. There's a better life. What a song to bring in when we're studying Proverbs 2. There is a better life. First of all, if you didn't start on that way, you need to get on that way. If you started on the way to God, you need to stay on that way. Don't deviate. Don't go to the left or right. He is the best way. Well, listen, one of the things that AFR does is partner with other ministries. And one of our favorite ministries that we get to partner with is Dan Steiner and Preborn. Alex, I I love Preborn and uh, what a job they do. They put ultrasounds in crisis pregnancy centers. And when young ladies or older ladies come in, and they don't know if they're expecting a baby or not. They get a free ultrasound. 80% of those ladies, the first time they come in, they choose life. And Amen. guess what? They permit us to be a part of that. By, by being a part, by paying $28, we get to provide one free ultrasound. And for $140, it's 5 free ultrasounds for these women that come in and again, and not only do they get to see the baby, they get to hear the gospel, Alex. Well, amen. Amen. That's wonderful. And you know, by giving, people can go on AFR.net or is it um, 877-616-2396? That's the number. Yes. 877-616-2396. And uh, we're praying that at least 4,000 of these ultrasounds would be underwritten, each one representing a life saved and the gospel shared. That That's worth getting on board for, Amen. isn't it? Amen. And so I hope you're as excited about it, being a part of that. It is great. And let me tell you, uh, just because Roe v. Wade has been reversed, I want to tell you the abortion mill is still turning in many states. And uh, then the abortion pill I'm telling you, it's 50% of abortions now are from that pill. But many times they come to these clinics to see if they're expecting a baby or not, a pregnant or not, and they get to hear the gospel and get to see that baby in the womb. So make mm. that call, 877-616-2396, or go online at AFR.net. Well, we're in Proverbs chapter 2, and, you know, before the break, you mentioned James 1, 5, which is one of my all-time favorite memory verses. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives abundantly and does not withhold. And it says that God lays up sound wisdom for the righteous. Uh, Isn't it something? It's like a storehouse, a warehouse full of wisdom. It's not limited. There's all the wisdom that you could possibly Uh, desire or internalize. And he goes on and he talks about, uh, in verse 10, wisdom enters into your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul. Bert, we often talk about 1 Thessalonians 5 and body, soul, and spirit. And, you know, there's the physical body, there's the spirit, 
that will live everlastingly, either in heaven or hell. And then the soul, which is your mind and your will and your emotions. And they, they overlap. They do. But it says in verse 11 that when you've got this wisdom in your heart and it's joy and knowledge in your soul, discretion shall preserve thee and understanding shall keep thee. Wisdom, God's wisdom, is uh, a sustainer. Bert, I was reading a, a thing in psychology today, an absolutely secular magazine, but it was talking about the people that live longest, the people that are the most emotionally stable, happy, generally healthier. I mean, this is just really uncanny. Even less likely to get in a car wreck, less likely to be uh, murdered, you live longer, more prosperous, more successful, are two things. The people that have a, a strong marriage and family life, and the people, this secular article said, that have a strong moral compass or faith system. Amen. And it, it, I'm reading this secular psychology article, and it's basically describing Christians. Um, they're in church. They, they know what they believe. They have a consistent belief system, and they stay married, and they build a family. And when it talks about long life and prosperity for family and faith, I think about this in Proverbs 2.11. Discretion shall preserve thee. Understanding shall keep your life. Isn't that something? Um, it's wise, and it's beneficial. It is. And I, I'm just going to make this comment. We don't need to chase this rabbit, but that— Man, that throws it in the face of critical race theory. It's not white privilege. It is the privilege of grace but through faith in Jesus Christ. That's the privilege. And I'm telling you, it ne- it's neither black or white, or whatever the, the pigment of the skin might be, no matter about the wealth even. I, I mean, poverty... Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've seen some people very, very, very poor. Yes, they they were struggled, but their faith was in God, and they stayed strong. So, Alex, this is the good news. The good news that would help America is knowing Jesus Christ and following him, for he is the wisdom of God. And, and notice right. what it says. When, it, when you do that, look at verse 12. This is powerful to deliver Amen. you from Amen. the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things. Now, skip down, if you would. That doesn't mean we're going to skip all 13 through. To verse 16. <laughs> exactly. That is exactly. I to, knew. You knew what I was going to this do. This well, beautiful. Do, well, you do part B then. You do that 16. Well, do you know what? Uh, God is saying that wisdom will deliver you from some things. Yeah. For one thing, uh, verse 12, to deliver you from the way of the evil man. Now, you remember back in chapter 1, it said, My son, if sinners entice thee, don't consent. And if somebody wants you to go in and do uh, something illegal or dishonest, you, you don't do that. So you're going to get delivered from the way of the evil man, but also delivered from the strange woman. Now, verse 16, I've got my King James here. Okay. But um, let me say, men... Don't cheat on your spouse with a strange woman. That's and it, Alex. That's don't, it. it. This goes both ways. Don't don't cheat on your husband with a, a flattering strange man. You know, words that flatter. Um, <laughs> listen, uh, Mark Twain, I believe it was the writer of uh, Tom Sawyer. He he had a lot to say, and he was in ways kind of a kind of a a wag, very sarcastic and. A humorist, you know, and he sort of pushed the envelope on things. But Mark Twain uh, had no use for flattery. And he said, uh, you know, flattery has misled many a person. And Proverbs basically says, if you're wise, you're not going to fall for something like that, doesn't it? It does, exactly. Now, notice what men do. Perverse things. Crude issues. I mean, but what does the woman flattery, bragging on when you know it's not true. So Satan, that's the way of evil. 
the devil. He will use perverse things, and he will use flattery so that you won't honestly look at yourself. You ever said you got to get lost before you can get saved? And, and flattery makes you feel better about yourself when there's some issues that you got to deal with. There's some things that are not right that you need to deal with. And so these are the way of evil. The introduction is verse 12, the way of evil. Now, where, how does it lead? Through men speaking perverse things and women through flattery. Let me read verse 16 in the New King James. It says, to deliver you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words, and then who forsakes her companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. Now, this is the whole idea. Notice the covenant. If this pathway that leads to destruction, you got to forget, you got to forsake. You see those words, Alec? Forsake mm -hmm. and forget. No, we need to yeah. stay on target with God, and we don't need to forget from where he's brought us from and where he wants to take us to. And so the whole idea here is stay off the way. Look at verse 15 or verse 13. It says, the walk in the ways of darkness. Verse 15, whose ways are crooked. The whole idea is the ways and the paths. Look at verse 18, and her paths to the dead. So, Alex, we're talking about the evil way being destructive and even death, aren't we? Well, we, we really are. And, you know, it's a, uh, the, verse 16, to deliver you from the strange woman, even from the stranger who flatters with her words, which forsakes the guide of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. I just think it's a beautiful thing, very pictorial, that your trust in God and, yes, fear of God and uh, your your belief in God's truth is described as like a guide. Isn't that something? And, Bert, it's, it's always a tragedy when people at one point in life do something that they would have never compromised on at, at, a, at another part of life. Um, because here's the thing, God will lead you and prosper you, but I don't know, I heard this old saying years ago, a very godly man that um, helped Angie and I get our ministry started when we first started doing youth conferences, and he was a donor. His name is Jim Waters. He might be listening now uh, down in Wilmington, North Carolina, but Jim Waters, he said, Alex... Don't remember. Don't forget who brought you to the dance. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, meaning, yeah. uh, remember what brought you to stability and prosperity. And it says there the covenant of her God, verse seventeen. And then it goes back, verse eighteen. The immoral woman or man, it says, her house inclines unto death, her paths unto the dead. Many, many a man has uh, shattered decades of of achievement, money, trust, relationship. Bert, I, I've watched it in ministry. So many marriages and families, um, the, the legacy of a lifetime can be destroyed by the behavior of a moment. And yep. Satan enjoys doing that, doesn't he? He really does. When I read that in verse 19, nor none who go to her return, nor do they regain the paths of life. Let me just, this is the old, one, old saying, sin takes you further than you want to go. It keeps you longer than you want to stay, and it costs you more than you want to pay. When you mm -hmm. read verse 19, the last part, that's exactly right. And this is what Satan does. You remember when Jesus turned the water into wine, they took it to the master, and he said, why have you waited the last to serve the best? That's because God did it. Okay, Satan always shows you that which is good to begin with, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. And so that's mm. what verse 19 is talking about very clearly, very plainly. And so here it is. Now, Alex, is verse 20, would you read that in the King James Version, verse 20, if you, since you've got the King James? It says that thou mayest walk in the way of good men and keep the paths of the righteous. Now, notice this. In verse uh, 4, it says, if you seek it, then, verse 5, then you'll understand the fear of the Lord. And then you come to verse 20, thus or so that you might walk in the way of goodness. If, then, and then what the reward is. In verses 20 through 21 and 22, 
it really is demonstrated the war, the the reward. Let me read that. So you may walk in the way of goodness and keep the paths of righteousness, for the upright will dwell in the land, and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the earth, and the unfaithful will be uprooted from it. Now, I want to just tell you, you've got to read verse 20 and 21 in perspective of eternity. You know what we said yesterday about right, these right. are principles? And, and you and I have both seen the evil. Habakkuk wanted to know why the, why the evil are prospering, because in his day, that's what it looked like. But we've got to look at it through eternal eyes. Now, I believe, and I'll throw it back to you, I believe that's a little bit of what the writer of Proverbs, Solomon, is getting to. The way and the path of the righteous leads to glory. It leads to life. Now, there may be some difficulties, some drop-off, and some hurts along the way. But the way of evil, it may look good, it may sound good, flattery, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. Mm. This is the contrast, and these are the options, aren't they? Well, really, exactly. And uh, by the way, folks, we're in Proverbs chapter 2, Bert Harper and myself here on Exploring the Word. And um, in a minute after this next break, we're going to take phone calls. And the number, the toll-free number, if you'd like to call in with a Bible question, uh, we'd love to hear from you today. It's 888-589-8840, Bert, verses 21 and 22 that conclude chapter 2 of Proverbs, says, For the upright shall dwell in the land, and the perfect shall remain in it. But the wicked shall be cut off from the earth, and the transgressors shall be rooted out of it. Bert, when I read those words like rooted out, kind of reminds me of the wheat and the tares getting pulled up, and the the tares get separated out and thrown away, burned up, actually. Uh, The upright dwelling in the land I think not only does that mean the good, blessed land here on earth. For Israel, it was Canaan land. For us, it's the the life of blessing and favor. But it's also a home in heaven hereafter, I think. I agree with you. I think it has a perspective of long term. But we who are following Christ, we have a different perspective. And we may not have all the riches of the world. And someone else may that's not following Christ. I understand that. But the end result is that we get to dwell in the land that he has prepared for us. I think we end, I think it'd be a good way for us to remember John uh, 14 when he said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go away, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. That's the ultimate land. That is the place that we will be able to spend eternity with him. We're studying, again, Proverbs at chapter 2. What a proverb. But we're going to take your questions. And that number, 888-589-8840. American Family Studios was started back in 2011 as a way to advance the Christian worldview into an increasingly media-rich culture. Media is like such a powerful tool to communicate the gospel. I love writing stories, getting in my office, and just thinking, how can we portray this concept of who God's character is? And to get to use the gifts that God has given me is really a joy. AmericanFamilyStudios.net To sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to share the good news of Jesus Christ, that is the mission of the Christian Worldview Radio Program. I'm host David Wheaton, inviting you to join us this Saturday morning at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, as we discuss all matters of life and faith from a decidedly biblical perspective. The Christian Worldview, Saturday mornings at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, right here on American Family Radio. The new frontier in abortion has turned to the home front, with the abortion pill accounting for over 50% of all abortions. Preborn pregnancy clinics stand with women in crisis in their darkest hour and bring hope and life. After Marissa took the abortion pill, she immediately regretted it, but Preborn was there for her. Look at that baby. Look how beautiful he is. By the amazing grace of God, this baby was saved, but there are so many more who need our help. 
Would you join with Preborn and AFR today and help rescue 4,000 babies' lives? One ultrasound session costs $28, and $140 will sponsor five ultrasounds. Any gift will help. Call 877-616-2396. That's 877-616-2396. Or donate securely at AFR.net. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. In his October 11, 1798 address to the Massachusetts militia, John Adams, second president of the United States and founding father, said, Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. He understood that in order for the American Constitutional Republic to survive long term, the church in America must make disciples of its populace. An immoral people will always destroy themselves through lawlessness. To think otherwise is to suffer under a grand delusion. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner or visit the podcast page at AFR.net for more from Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers. Remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 1, 3. American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. In every high, in every low, on mountains, house, down broken roads, you're still my rock, my hope remains, I rest in the arms of Jesus. Come what may, we rest in the arms of Jesus. Hey, if you want to read ahead tomorrow, we'll be in Proverbs chapter 3. But right now we're going to do one of our favorite things to do, and that's to open up the phone lines, and we would love to hear from you. If you've got a Bible question, you can call in at 888-589-8840. And Bert, aren't we always blessed to talk with people throughout America about the Word of God. We sure are, and we are loaded up. We're going to try to get to as many of you as we can. So the first caller today is Marty today from Mississippi. Marty. Turn your radio off, Marty. Yes, sir. Go hey, right ahead, man. Um, my question is, I'm doing Bible study at church on Revelation, the seven letters to the seven churches in chapters 2 and 3. And I was wondering, all those, um, how did John get the letters to the messengers or the pastors of the church, did, did he wait till he was released from Patmos and he was in Ephesus to release them? Or did the pastors come over on a boat to Patmos? And exactly, do you know how long John was at Patmos? I have read through studying anywhere from 18 to 24 months. Okay. Please. Marty, thank you. Let me just share with you. I want to do a Alex McFarland. I can tell you what it didn't do. He didn't use the email or U.S. mail, Alex. Okay. Okay. Sorry about that. But uh, how do you think did did he did he send it? Did each one get a separate letter, or was it the whole book? You know, um, it's it a fascinating thing is the way the early church did circulate the letters, the gospels, the letters that became our New Testament, and uh, you know we would have to believe that you know different believers took these things around. I think it would have been the entire book. It, um, but the Apostle John, I've read in different commentaries that they think that he was on there. Um, wasn't it uh, Vespasian? Or um, he first went to Patmos. I've heard around seventy-five, yeah. and so we we just don't know. But um, John died around ninety-eight yeah. A.D. Something like that. Something like that. Because so, uh, we know. You know, there's a lot of writings that John did, and he got off and thinks he's in Ephesus. Let me say this. Mm-hmm. We know his yeah. letters got through. Uh, our son, Nathan, who helps with exploring missions on the weekend that we do together, uh, he was there in modern-day Turkey, and they went to the ruins of Laodicea, and there was a building there that had been rebuilt, and it went back to 200 A.D. So they must have gotten the letter, and it grew and built up, and uh, must have done some good. That, when I heard that, that blessed my heart. 
So I, they got Amen. the letter. I know that, Marty. They got yeah. the letters. It's unclear exactly how, but we we do believe it sounded like they did respond. So thank mm-hmm. you so much. Let's go to your state of North Carolina and talk to Tom. Welcome, Tom. Hello. Hey, first question, uh, Bible recommendation for people who are on an 8th to 10th grade reading level. I run into them uh, quite, a, quite a bit. Okay. Alex, uh, one of the modern versions would be would be beneficial. ESV, what do you think? I, I think the, the English Standard Version is good, the ESV. Um, NLT, New Living yeah. Translation, was yes. done by Tyndale. Josh McDowell, that, that we, we trust and feel real good about Josh's opinion on things, he recommends the NLT. We do. And, Tom, did you have a second question? That's what I thought you I might did, have. Bert. I want a problem for Mr. Alex. What do you think about Moravian Falls and Prairie Mountain up there in Wilkesboro? Uh, I have to be honest. I haven't been there, to my knowledge. Um, so fill me in. I, I'm not not familiar with them. It's a place where there's a, a Moravian group that has been praying for quite a while, and then there's an area called Prayer Mountain that supposedly has what people might call an open portal to heaven. I wow. thought maybe you have heard something about that. I've talked I've been there and talked to several people who've been there. I just wondered if you knew anything about it. Well, you know what? That would be appropriate because um Count Nicholas von Zinzendorf was in Germany and he was really the founder of the Moravian Church in the seventeen hundreds. Now you mentioned North Carolina because near Winston-Salem, North Carolina, there are two communities that were thoroughly, thoroughly Christian by Moravian people who came here during the, the colonies, the era of, uh, you know, the founding of the country. One is called Bethabra, and Bert, I've been there, and then Old Salem, and they have Easter sunrise services and all. But uh, Nicholas von Zinzendorf, the Moravian leader in Germany, uh, he had a, a house on his property. He had kind of a farm that there was a prayer meeting that went on. We've talked about it a yeah. number of times. One hundred and seven years. Yes. Think about that. It, that it was an uninterrupted, continual prayer meeting for just a little over a century. So the fact that Moravians here in our country would have uh, a similar prayer effort, uh, I, I had not heard of that that you mentioned, but. Thank the Lord for it. It would be consistent. And let me tell you, while they were praying, the Moravian missionaries were taking the gospel around the world. Their prayers were were being uh, answered by God to share the good news of Christ. Tom, thank you. Well, let's stay in North Carolina and talk to Jimmy. Welcome. Welcome. Yes, go right ahead, brother. Yes, sir. I've got a question about uh, Isaiah 43 two through eight or nine and it's talking about um when you pass through the waters i'll be with you or you know if you go through the rivers don't i won't overwhelm you um so it's talking about when you go through a storm that god is with you um why do you think as christians that we try to dodge a storm even though we already know that god's going to be in that storm with us hey because That's a great question. It is. I, I got a quick answer, Alex. We don't like to be uncomfortable. We love our comfort. Usually what storms do is build our character or correct our ways. Uh, you know, Jonah was to correct his ways. The storm that the children, that the 12 apostles went to was to build their character and their faith in God. And so they're always difficult. Storms are difficult, and that's one reason why we avoid them. Alex, go ahead. Well, I'm with you, Bert. I mean, we we don't like change. We don't like uh, discomfort. We don't like pain. And, you know, very often we try our utmost to avoid going through a valley or going through a time of testing. And, you know, Hebrews, when you and I have talked through Hebrews, it says no testing for the moment seems pleasant but afterwards yields great fruit. And so, um, you know, like the Bible says, despise not the chastening of God, because whom the Lord loves, he chastens. And, um, you know, sometimes 
uh, God allows things. We don't. God doesn't cause evil because He's righteous. But I do think sometimes He allows things to come into our life for our good and His glory, doesn't He? He really does. And and stay with God. It is during those times that I have learned more about yeah. the character and the strength and the love of God than when I was on on the mountaintops. He is he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. I am with you. And I love that passage, uh Jimmy. It's uh, that's beautiful and I found out in a life lived for quite a while now, it's true. So thank you, man. Let's go. Well, we're in Mississippi. North Carolina and Mississippi is going neck and neck, Alex. Welcome. All right. Yeah, welcome, Alexander. Oh, uh, can you hear me? Yes, you're on, brother. Go right ahead. Look, I just want to tell you, man, look, I, I thank the world about your ministry. I've, I've been a listener for about two years now. I'm a first-time oh. caller. Well, thank you and so I, much. I'm, I'm really in a – I'm in a battle right now, and I, I just ask for your prayers. Uh, I've turned to the Lord, and I've been tempted, and the evil one's been in my head, and I can't shake him. Okay. And I just, I just ask, please pray for me and your ministry. Okay, Alexander, we're going to right now. Let me tell you this: it's the I, I said it to Isaac yesterday. And when I said it, I said, Bert, God showed you that. What you desire is make sure you're saved. Make sure that God is present in your life, and that is through the presence of the Holy Spirit. And when he is present in your life, that means peace and power are available to you. You've got to rest. The Bible, I'll turn it over to you, Alex. But you're talking about Hebrews. It talks about his rest. You rest in who he is, what he's done, what he's doing, and what he's going to do. That's who it is, and it is God and only God that can bring that kind of peace to your life. Go ahead, Alex. Mm. Amen. Um, And what was Caller's first name again? Alexander. Alexander, I want to pray for him. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come and we lift up this listener, our brother in Christ, Alexander. Father, give him peace. Lord, uh, take away the uh, turmoil that's in his heart and in his soul where there's temptation. Give him strength. And Lord, I pray for all of us and everyone listening. Let nobody, including Alexander, fall for the, the lures and the lies of Satan, but help us to trust you, follow you, because we know in walking each day with you, Lord, that's where peace is, because you are the Prince of Peace. So please make yourself very real and very present to Alexander and every listener today. We ask in Christ's name and for his glory. Amen. Thank you, Alexander. <clears throat> Be praying for him. Let's bombard heaven. Let's Amen. go to Iowa and talk to Tim. Welcome, Tim. Hey, um, I just recently uh, taught my wife talking to somebody like for over two weeks. A lot of email, a lot of texting, and some calling. And I, when I found it out, God told me to wait to say something because it was going to be a hard night. So I waited the whole whole another day, and uh, God told me the whole time. He said, He said, "Forgive her, for, no matter what." So I said that, and she denied it like three times. And I forgive her, but I can't trust her. Is that normal? Okay, Tim, Mm. listen, God wants that marriage to work. I can state that emphatically with no reservation whatsoever, and it will take forgiveness, but it will also reestablish trust. Uh, What's amazing, I would suggest reading the book of Hosea, uh, part of that book, and and get some hope from there because I I just want to tell you, it seems like his wife, after leaving him, came back, and Alex, it seems like there was finally success in that relationship, wasn't there? Yes. Um, let me encourage you to get in counseling, a good Christian counselor. And if you call Focus on the Family, Focus on the Family has a referral list of trusted biblical biblical counselors. And, you know, there's no saying consistency validates authenticity. Um, trust can be rebuilt. 
but it, it's really over a long period of time. But speaking of prayers, folks, be praying for this couple. And uh, let me just encourage you, um, may God bless you. Thank you for your heart to want to forgive and, and build back. But uh, I just urge you and your wife both to invest everything you can with God's help to rebuild trust and rebuild commitment. Because, um, Bert, um, when commitment is abandoned, things can fall apart quickly and always tragically can't. They really can. They really can. So we've write down Alexander, write down Tim and his wife. We're praying for marriage restoration. Mm -hmm. We're, We're praying for victory in Alexander's life of overcoming fear and anguish. So we're praying for them. We're going to get Bert, her. Yeah, go ahead. I got to say this, folks. Look, let your spouse see everything on your cell phone and your computer. Don't have secrets. Amen. Now, I know if, if you've got a birthday surprise, but I, I'm saying as a rule, don't have secrets from your spouse. Amen. Amen. Here's what I tell men uh, in men's conferences and in family conferences. Uh, when my wife has my cell phone and she's going through it, it's yeah. it's a joy to be able to sit there and know Amen. that there's nothing that she'll find that's out of line. I pray that that would be the case to do that. We're going to try to get Gail from Texas. Gail, go ahead. You hadn't got a lot of time, so go quickly. All right, this is going to be quick. We oh. have a walk of miracle here in Texas. My my pastor has got five different types of cancer. Should have been dead seven years ago. God's keeping him going. And I just want you to please have the United States and your entire sick people to pray for him. Because what? we do every single day. Would you mind giving us his Thank first you. name, Gail? His first name, at Curtis. least. Curtis? Curtis. Curtis. Okay, we're going to do it. Alex, I love uh, when Bible studies, like in a church a small group and they have days every once in a while when god just takes over and has people praying and helping one another this is one of been one of those days so gail thank you and we pray for the victory that will be in in curtis's life and in that church's Amen. life uh, i i got a feeling there's going to be something some rejoicing going on alex Amen. Well, and you know what? This is one of the things in the early church. Uh, people were drawn to the gospel because, yes, Jesus is risen, the tomb is empty. Christians were people of morality and integrity, but also because we serve a supernatural God, and we serve a God that answers prayers and heals and works in the lives of people. And, Bert, I think we need to maximize on that part of our message, don't you? I do. And listen, the whole purpose is that the glory would go to God. That's the whole idea. Oh, it's prayer. No, it's God. Uh, You know, faith. Oh, it's my faith. No, it's God whose our faith is in. Point everything to Jesus Christ. I, I don't care what it is. Lord, you have your way. Do your work, and we will give you glory. Todd, we'd love for you to call back tomorrow if you can. We'll try to get you on, but thank you for calling. Alex, it's been good to be with you. Hope you have a good evening, brother. Amen. Folks, thanks for listening. Tell somebody about Exploring the Word, but most of all, tell everybody about Jesus. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.